Hello and welcome once again to the M4 Project. This week's film is a Hulk Hogan pick, folks. That's right, we're getting wrestly. 1989's No Holds Barred. But as always, I'm Matthew Jelenic. I'm Mike. Oh, hello. The Super Gastro. Oh, no. Uh, and yourself? Uh, Morgan Davidson. Now, it might be of some surprise to you, but that wasn't actually Mike's voice in the introduction. Appears he was off sick, possibly with gastro, hence the reference to gastro. Just figured I'd make that clear. Um, what you got this week, mate? I think I wanted you guys uh, to do some homework and find me an Australian monster movie. Was that yeah. what, I, what, I, what I requested? I you certainly did. Did you happen to I find, did. make your own? No, I didn't make my own. I found, no, my found, own. Yeah, found your own Australian. Definitely. Now, you'll notice that within Australian language, there's a possum, <laughs> right? Yes. In American, spell it O possum. Mm. For whatever There's, reason. For whatever reason. I don't know why. Like, oh, yeah. possum. Oh, po- but why do the Americans have opossum instead of just possum? It's because the original word comes from the Poetan language, uh, something along the lines of opossum. Or opossum. Uh, I'm terrible at languages, so either way, it derived from that. And then we borrowed that word and cut off the top because, well, that's what we do with our incredibly shrinking language that is Australian English. And we made possum. The more you fucking know. Which is why the Australian horror film containing a possum is called O-H, uh, exclamation point, possum, O-possum. It's about a a possum, quite similar to the uh, one in Possum Magic, slightly invisible, starts attacking what you would expect as usual through a horror film, horror slasher containing a possum. It's a uh, little sort of getaway thing. If you've ever gone when you were in primary school on one of those camps, I think it was Earth Camp. Yes. And you get the keys. Yes. Yeah. Basically, a possum attacks one of those, gets its vengeance. See, a possum would be bloodthirsty as well because those things scratch and claw. And they fucking screech like you wouldn't believe. believe. Sitting on the colour bottom fence, howling at the stars because (laughs) fuck it, why not? You're a marsupial (laughs) who looks adorable and just wants death for everything around you. Yes, they just they'd climb you and just scratch you to oh, shit. Oh mate, they would take your eyeballs. So we're talking entrails out. And oh yeah, cool. you're like, oh, it's a cute possum. It crawls up on someone and just kalimars and pulls their heart out. <laughs> yeah, righto, righto. I would have liked to know what Mikey's was. Sadly, <sighs> we'll have to fill that in later. I'm sure he will. Uh, I came up. I found two. I found two. I found two. One is about a large, mutated, murderous, furry monster near Maralinga. It attacks residents near a, near the once nuclear test site. The movie is simply titled Womble. It's about a giant wombat. Um, yes. <laughs> think, think tremors, <laughs> but furry. <laughs> Actually, uh, wombats are pretty... Uh, for, for the listeners who ha- haven't encountered wild wombats, never go into a wombat hole because their major attack is they will either back up onto you or we'll come at you forwards, depending on where they are in their burrow. And you'll think they're being quite cute. They'll nuzzle up to you. But they'll actually get up under you and crush you against the roof, roof. of their burrow. Yeah. Like, they are like... And they're like Sherman tanks. They're yeah. just these solid ball of muscle. muscle. Yeah. And fat. Mm. Um, horrendous. And my next one is also has to do with wombats. Um, it's about wombats and Tassie devils. Um, an escaped Tasmanian devil from the Barrington Tops repopulation effort mates with a wombat. This carnivorous crossbreeding wrecking oh, ball God. terrorizes campers at a secluded campground and it's called Bush Devil. 
just oh, can you imagine it? Can you know, imagine it? Like, that, <laughs> that, okay, they're big, they're strong, they're Sherman tanks with a locked jaw. Oh, man. Just the crushing ability of crushing that Crushing the power of that jaw and just spinning around with you on the end of it. Oh, yeah. my God. Horrendous. I think Blood everywhere. God damn. But it's never been safe to go to the bush yeah. ever. No. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, about really, to go there. Yeah. And yeah, not looking forward no, to no, it. No, mate, like... Just the nature of Australian wildlife is fuck you. That's pretty much the motto of Australian wildlife. Well, back on the movie Womble. Yeah. Australian fauna is scary enough. Imagine nuclear kind of mutated Australian fauna. Can you imagine if 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 a taipan was mutated by nuclear waste? Can you imagine what that fuck would be like? Jesus, it would have frills and legs. Oh, wait, it'd be a lizard. It'd be a lizard. Be a goanna. Yeah, it'd be a goanna. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd goana. Be a, goana. Be a very venomous goanna. No, it would be the, the dinosaur that attacks Newman. Yeah. That's what it would fucking... Can you imagine a, a nuclear funnel web? Oh, Those man, things I could get so many superpowers. Because <laughs> I'd be radioactive. Radioactive spiders equals superpowers. I'd be Spider-Man like... I'd be dead shortly after. But I'd have superpowers for a short, brief period in there. Surely. But they I, are aggressive. I, I was hoping I'd find one that had something about a box jellyfish. Just mm. like a massive box jellyfish. Well, you know how there's that Megalodon film coming out? Oh, it's called my the Meg. God. We just released one called Box. Box. The Box. box. The Box. The Box. Just when you thought it was safety back in the water. The box. There's a scene with a lady bathing in a bathtub and And she realises, wait a minute. There's a tentacle coming up through the bath plug. It's in the tub! And there's the tiny box of jellyfish and it gets... Uh, Not tiny. Those things are big. The tiny ones are the the Irukandji. Yeah, yeah, whatever they are. And they're just... (laughs) Oh, I remember there was a story once. I was watching this documentary about stupid things people have done. uh, And there was a guy who was volunteering at a a lifesaver hut in Australia. Blah, blah, blah. Kid ends up drinking jellyfish tentacles. Bottle of water and I'm going to drink it. And uh, drink tentacle. Mm. Which is, you know, prime Japanese cartoon porn. Yes, let's pretend I don't know what hentai is. Yeah, pretty much. The, mm. Those tentacles are more dangerous than an Irukandji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, back to the film at hand, starring Hulk Hogan, No Holds Barred, from 1989. Wow. I don't think we have a lot to say about this there one, There is actually. not a lot to say I was, about I was, this. I was wishing Mike would be here, and I will cut in the part. Actually, Mike is totally here. I'm going to shuffle two different episodes together in order to make this work, but... Yeah, not a lot. Do you want to do the back of the box? Or do you want me to do the back? Of the you box? can do the back of the box because right. this thing is bland. This thing is blander than you know. This movie is blander than a salt-free saltine. It's blander than instant ramen with no flavor sachet. It's blander than a lube-free hand job from an unenthusiastic mime with facial palsy. Oof, that's bland. Hulk Hogan trying to be a movie star, but. Hulk Hogan's always had, whilst he's rough and tumble, the wholesomeness about himself. So this is trying to make a movie whilst sort of keep it wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The the problem is he's always been a wrestling face. Like, his face is good guy, heel is bad guy, right? Hulk Hogan is this super, very macho man. Not macho man Randy Savage, just macho, super muscular, but very, very pure of heart he's all about doing the good and unfortunately trying to take someone who that who is that pure into an action film doesn't always work case in point piece of evidence one 
No Holds Barred from 1989. Anyway, so the film is basically about this fictitious uh, wrestler. What's his name? Rip. Uh, Rip. Uh, Rip. He's the World's Wrestling Federation champion. He's, he's very fast. Again, pure. Rip Thomas. Rip Thomas, that's right. Super pure dude who's just like, nope. I'm getting all the ratings. Everyone loves me. And I love, I am, I'm a loyal person, I'm loyal, loyal to the, the loyal company. Loyal to the company that has given me all these opportunities and everything. And that's my shtick. I'm super loyal and lovely. Oh. Meanwhile, there's this evil, malignant directly trying to be evil to the world. This other fellow who wants the ratings. He's yeah. purely about ratings. He he's just been a, put in as the head of a new yeah, co- he, company. Yeah, he bought, he bought WTN, World television network the uh, fictitious company and he he basically purely just wants the ratings so he's trying to get rip on his channel because rip is ratings like one-to-one ratio he's on tv everyone's fucking watching it so he wants him and he's willing to do just about anything to do it but rip is so pure of heart that no money and all the various other schemes that he puts in his way will not work i'm, I'm trying to build this up as more than what it is yeah it is literally just Bad guys trying to make him do something he doesn't want to do. Big culmination is he has to do it. The, the bad guy is called Brell, played by Kurt Fuller. And, uh, you know, he tries to bribe Rip and then he tries to get Rip bashed up and all this kind of stuff like that. And then it, eventually they stumble across this guy called Zeus who's played by um, uh, Tiny Lister. And this guy is just an ex-con, happens to have been a trained for uh, Rip's trainer years yeah. ago trained before, by he, trainer, before yeah. he killed somebody and went to jail. And they find this guy, and I was like, oh, we can use this guy. Um, and they create this sort of no-holds-barred, obviously, yeah. sort of wrestling thing. And it, and it takes off, you know, because yeah. it's like it's like uh, the UFC compared yeah. to other sports, I suppose, where they're a bit more extreme. Mm. Um, they've got a few extra things you can do. It's literally just about two grown men beating yeah. the fuck And, and this is set in a world of... Where wrestling is real, and of course wrestling is real, people. It's yeah. not. It's not fake or Let, staged at all. No, um, let's not peel away the kayfabe now. No, no. But in this world, wrestling, Rip's wrestling is actually real in this in this yeah. sense. So you know, he, Tiny uh, Zeus becomes a you know a, 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 a household name. Calls out Rip because he wants to beat you know his ex trainer's star. No, actual. That's not why. No? No, no, no. So, oh, well, we'll get into that. In well, he does. He call, they call they, him they out. Call, they do call him out, but that's not the reason why. That's his reason. That's the reason that he's told to say, but it's not the reason why. No. He just wants to hurt people. Basically. Yeah. Getting into a part, probably, that I'd, I'd get into later. Basically, the the evil head of WTN realizes... Brell realizes that he can uh, Zeus is an entirely manipulatable character. Like he, his whole view, Zeus's whole viewpoint is, I hit things, oh, and, right. and Brell goes, I can totally lead this guy, that's and true. I can make him whatever I want him to be. And so he basically starts feeding him these videos of Rip says you're a piece of shit. Rip says he could beat you in a fight. Rip says you're not even good enough for the worms when you die. And so simple Zeus is like, I'm gonna hit him. And so he goes out like, I'm going to hit him. It's not because he wants to hit Zeus or wants to hit Rip or wants to beat his former tra- former trainer's new protege. It's purely because man said, eat bad thing about me, me hit thing. It's- so they set up this no holds bar you know, you know, shot for the, the championship belt. Yeah. There's a lot of things at stake. Um, yeah, it, there's a rips rips managed to get a girlfriend which was originally set in as a spy yeah but she fell for his his love of charity 
Mm-hmm. And, and and it does the whole cliche thing of the she thinks he's this massive brute when really he eats at a French restaurant all the time, knows all the stuff. Yeah. Um, Can speak a bit of French. Yeah. He's actually really sweet and kind. And- Basically, imagine a 13-year-old boy who watches wrestling's idea of romance yeah. and his idea of cinema. You've now watched No Holds Barred. Because <laughs> that's what it is. It's all about sort of keeping that 13-year-old boy's attention. There's... Constant damsel in distress, vague sexual innuendos, direct sexual uh, sexuality sort of sort of things where it's like, oh no, she's fallen on top of me, or oh no, she's about to be horribly and horrifically sexually assaulted. Hero of the day, Rip comes, he's pure of heart, and therefore he gets the girl. That's the pretty much the back of the box. So let's move. <sighs> Are into- we still in the back of the box? Yeah, that's. Oh fuck me. <laughs> let's move into some characters, actors. We've got to start with the Hulkster. Hulkster playing Rip. As we said, look, his his acting talent he's, has never been great. He he, much like a uh, stage actor who's spent a lot of their career being a stage actor, the transition to film is hard because they're used to playing for the back row. Yeah, they're and used to it's playing short and sweet. Usually, you know, he he says a few lines yeah. and uh, for. for, for Hulk's performances in in the ring are like quite believable because yeah. they're quick, they're sharp, they're, they're, his persona is yeah. built up, and I think this is why you know for any wrestling fans that are, that are, that are listening, yeah, he wasn't as believable when he went slightly evil like when he was in like NWO mm. and those sort of things. Like he wasn't, it wasn't just sort of, mm. wasn't as believable. It wasn't Hulk. It wasn't within his his wheelhouse of his the, the years of character that he built up to that point. Like as I was saying, he's also used to playing to the back row so he's used to being this big large life you can see his his reactions from all the way back you don't need a, a zoomed in camera to see the fact that he's frustrated he's flailing and jumping and punching in the air and everything that doesn't translate to film too well because no. you're quite zoomed in and he's going it's like um we know okay cool that's fine when you're in the ring in fact the moments when he's in the ring and doing that works fine the moment when he's sort of sitting or, or fighting people in a dilapidated hovel, it doesn't work. No. Because he's like, there's just a madman screaming <laughs> for apparently no reason where he probably should be a bit quiet and be busying himself with punching dirtbags. Yes. And like the whole wholesomeness of it was just over the top. Like, oh my every, God. Oh my, yeah. They took every opportunity to sit there and try to point the situation as, oh, he's big and dumb or... He's not as friendly as he seems. And then he is. You're like, oh, no way it was. No, yeah. no. He but then again, is. this is like where this whole this whole movie is trying to be remain wholesome. And like they deal with a few. Don't, yeah, they suppose they deal with a few things that you'd find in more an MMA 15 plus sort of movie. Yeah. But they sort of try to keep it PG at the same time. Yeah. You know, there's a, a scene in this movie where where a guy shits himself. Yeah. And he goes, what's that smell? And he goes, dookie. He's like, dookie. It's like. What? Well, like that was yeah. so cringe. That was so, oh my god! Yeah, like the the you can tell as you're watching it. They've deliberately tried to aim for a specific age range. Not yes. only in it's not, 13, not, 13 yeah. to sixteen. Yeah, not not only in that like their their intended audience, but also like the the ratings limits. So like, okay, here's our intended audience. We're also going to keep make sure we don't go too far above. It's like we're going to keep it directly aimed at them throughout the film. The the way they deal with the violence, the way they deal with dialogue, the way they deal with themes, everything is so stunted and juvenile. Mm. It's just so grating for an adult to watch. He's then going, just tell her you want to fuck. Yeah. 
just drop it. Like there's at one point throughout the film. Well, actually, there's not one point. It multiple times throughout the film, and it's a weird thing. Someone uses the phrase "jock ass." Yes, not "jack ass." Jock ass. I thought "ass" would be the the problem word there, but no. Apparently, jackass as a whole is a problem word. So, therefore, they changed it to jockass. Yeah. yeah, just and it didn't carry through. It was Brel. Yeah. No, it was one of Brel's henchmen. Possibly. Brel says it through a yeah, couple yeah, of yeah. times. Uh, whatever his name, Overready or, uh, or whatever his fucking name is, one of, one of the henchmen is like constantly like, jockass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but back, back to the Hulkster. Pretty placid freaking performance. Like, there's not much to do. And he, sh- he rocked up. He did some wrestling moves. His acting isn't bad because it's just terrible dialogue. I'm not saying Hulk could do better dialogue, but if it he was nothing- better dialogue, it might have come off better because yeah. it was so simple. It was just shit. Yeah, like he he. It's it's one of those things where it's like, oh well, they didn't have a lot to work with. I'm not sure of his ability in general. Well, but in, 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 within this film, like he had in, no um, opportunity. No one had any opportunity. What's the other movie that the he dialogue did that was um, the something nanny? The whatever. Oh, uh, 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 Mr. Nanny. Mr. No. Nanny, where it's a full-on acting role in the whole thing. Like, yeah. okay, it's not great, yeah. but he delivered dialogue better in that because yeah. this was still this was a movie about a wrestler. Yeah. So he delivered lines as a wrestler as a wrestler would. would. But throughout real life situations, situations. When, when it's in the ring or like backstage interacting with these characters and these larger than life situations, sure, it works fine. But when you place them in the real world with people doing their best to be real world people, oh my, oh my God, God, does it not work? Yeah. It does not. Um, moving on, I think there was, I think Samantha was her name yeah. played by Joan, Joan Severance. Severance. Not bad, not bad. Um, um, she she initially starts off as very uh, very much this strong female character. She's like, no, no, I'm this new aged woman in this age of female executives rising to the top. It's like awesome, cool. Late nineties, well, nineteen eighty nine, late eighties, early nineties. Like, cool. This is a cool character. Swiftly swan dives into classic damsel in distress. Very much cannot so. do anything without Hulky coming to save the day. Rip. Right? Yeah, rip, rip. and I love it. it's called Rip because he rips his shirt, and that's what Hulk does. That's yeah. the whole. Put- like, I was like, oh, cringe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and she does fine, especially earlier on. But as it sort of descends into, I'm a huge piece of meat that exists to be the love interest. It's like, oh, you were doing so well. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot for you to do in this. No, film. I'm sorry. Pretty pretty bland. She gave it a little bit of comic relief though yeah. in, in a few in a few scenes, like the whole uh, scene to do with um, uh, Rip separating the room, the tape and tape. towels and whatever. It was uh, and- that was a good little. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, it was. Yeah, there's not much to say, really. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Kurt Fuller is probably the standout in this mm-hmm. friggin' film as Brell. He's good in in most roles I've seen. He plays this sarcastic, mean bad guy really yeah. well. He always sort of he's over the top in his sense, but it works for for his character, his voice, his tone, and everything. Yeah. Like he, his character in Miracle Mile. Yeah, he, he tends to always play these characters who are very much about getting what he wants and sort of your classic bad guy of greed. Yes, like he's this person who's like, no, no, I've got to get mine. I've got to get mine. That's all. All I'm about. I don't think I've ever seen him in a role where he's a good character. No. 
Um, he's very much one of those people who is typecast, but typecast for a reason. He can do it so well. He's yeah. believably one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, I want to slap He him. sort of looks like, you know, um, what's his name from uh, Despicable Me with hair? Gru. Gru. Yeah, Despicable Me, but with hair, basically. He's cool. got that nose. Yeah. And he's sort of hunched in it. it yeah. As he got older, he was sort of a little bit more hunched and all that kind of stuff. He's yeah. quite, he's still a bit young in this. Tiny Lister is Zeus. Oh, he was worse than fucking. Oh my God. Like, Tiny Lister can, he, he's acted in a lot of, a lot of roles and been a decent actor. But in this, the role that they had him in, oh boy. Yeah. He has more oh talent for what, Matt's yawning. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was just, okay. most bit of talent he did in this was to do the thing where he looks straight with one eye and cross eye with the other one. Yeah, yeah. Which Matt's performing right now, so it's not actually that that talented. I thought that was quite. Talented. No, 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 I can do it with both eyes. I can move them independently. Yeah, you, you have to learn how to do that to uh, handle the uh, when you're in an Apache attack helicopter. You get a monocle that has. When a was the last time you were in a, an Apache? Take a look at the Matthew. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, you get a whole bunch of telemetry stuff in the monocle. Uh, um, do but- they take you up on a ship and probe you as well? No, no. that's that's a that's Christmases. Uh, no, but yeah, for 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 the character of Zeus, yeah, he was so light on. As he, a he's, I think he, he got like most of his lines were. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was very much the bad guy of. I'm gonna hit stuff. I have no reason to. I'm just the big, scary black man. That's all it was. Yeah. That's, that was the character for Welcome to 1989 Cinema. To be a villain, I have to do is be big and black and grunt and you're a villain. Occasionally some chains around you and yeah, and that's about it. And scream a lot. And it was so laughable that I don't know why they did the cockeyed stare as a character trait with the, the mono brow, broken mono Mo-brow, brow, because yeah. it's like oh, over scar. the left eye, there's a scar above the eye that's all cocked off. You're like, okay, so there's some history there. Fair enough. Did he need it? No. No. no not at all. He could have just been, sure, have some facial scars. Have some meaty facial scars so you know he's a man who's been through some shit. But for the love of God, just give the guy a little bit of dialogue or a little bit of direction. He had nothing. No. Nah. Like, he, for the director probably walked in and was like, yeah, for this scene, just scream as loud as you can, basically. Go for it. And that's all he got. That's all he had to work with. And it's so fucking sad. I mean, see, the thing is, if you get these these people, like, you probably, with a bit of hindsight, could have actually made a, I'm not going to say decent, but you could definitely have made Possibly. a better movie than what what was actually came out here. Mark Pellegrino was Randy, the younger brother, was annoying as fuck. Yeah, younger brother, the younger brother of, of uh, Rip, Rip. Sorry, he got beat up by Zeus at one stage. Yeah. Now Zeus managed to hit him, I think, twice and knocked him out and didn't hit him after that. This kid, after that, was in a wheelchair. Like he was so <laughs> bruised and broken <laughs> from these. Like yeah. I have no doubt Zeus could hurt a bloke, yeah. but what he did to him. The result yeah, was yeah, yeah. was but, like chalk and cheese. Okay. What, what you have to yeah, it was like two two Hits. backhands. Two backhands, I think, is all he learned. He put him in a coma. He put him in a coma and he, he had to learn how to walk again. again that's and, right. And was, <laughs> I laughed at that point. Yeah, it's like, okay, so there's this montage of Zeus working out whilst Rip helps his brother learn how to walk again and it's just completely off tone. But it, it is classic directly. It, it's, a, it's a product of what it's trying to be. Like, it's sitting there and going, no, no, no. We need to have this moment where the hero or the hero can't possibly lose because he's so bigger than life. So we need someone to lose for him for a moment so we can have this 
montage of them getting better or improving themselves will do it to the younger brother but we can't have huge violence or anything scary happen to that person so they get hit twice which puts them in a coma and makes them have to learn how to walk again like he was so bruised it, it, it and was broken. Ju- it was just so unnecessary and so convoluted as to why it occurred like he could have he could have hit him and he <sighs> fell over and hit his head and that was he was in a coma yeah. but that like, even the even that, the little extra scene of him learning to walk again yeah. made you giggle because it was so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because you sit there and go, oh, okay, yeah, he's got to learn. He got his ass kicked. And then you think back to that scene, it's like, no, he got, he got punched twice. Not to say that, like, two punches can't damage a person, person but the hits he got in those <laughs> scenes were so laughable that it doesn't make any sense. sense like, no. it's purely just for narrative convenience. Like, oh, all right, we need to have this moment. We need to have the fall of the hero. But we, our actual hero can't have a fall because he's so pure and he's Hulk Hogan. So we have to have it someone else within his life. Oh, my God. Uh, in terms of other characters and actors, I don't there's think there's much. anyone we can really bother no. with touching. Um, looks and tone. Looks and tone. It looks like a... Yeah, yeah, it's peak 80s because it's 1989. A lot of soft, really soft shots. Lots of really, really uh, smashed in zoom shots of faces and everything. Effects wise, not not great. Choreography, especially outside uh, the ring, was not great. It's it looks like a TV life film. I, I will say, especially in terms of looks and tone, the first thug fight. So. He said no to what's his phase and was like, no, I'm not joining, you know, working. The, the limo takes him off to after a, a huge fucking car scene where, I don't know, him kicking the inside of the limousine. Actually swerve, swerve. Yeah. Somehow. I was like, oh my God. And then they go off into a warehouse and it's like, all right, he's going to beat up these thugs. There's, <laughs> this is, there's a particular scene where he gets kicked off the bonnet of the limousine. And you can see the spot where he'd done the stunt a few times before because it's a dusty floor. You can see the spot where his chest hits. You can see the handprints where he's landed it a few times. And he lands and he gets up. I know. The, the, the kick it was bad. The kick in the car to make it swerve. It was like Hulk's a big guy. But the way that thing was moving, it wasn't Hulk. But, who was in the back? It was yeah, Optimus Prime. Yeah, but like, I think I think also it was it was less played up as he's directly making it swerve. It's just making the the, the limousine driver go, oh my god and freak out. No, 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 no. But no. It is, the way it was played out know. was that his kick was making the car swerve. Yeah. It was denting the outside of the vehicle. Was he wearing high heels? Because the dents were very, very, very small. Like, I don't know. You know, <sighs> Dookie. Um, yeah, looks and as far as tone goes, this thing was aimed at a 13 year old boy. Uh, just a couple of facts about the movie, I suppose, as well. This thing actually debuted. Oh my god, I feel sorry for it. It debuted number two behind Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Oh, fuck it up. It, it made 4,900,000 odd on ticket sales, which isn't too bad, I suppose, for what it was, but it had a budget of $8 million. Vince McMahon actually financed the movie. Yeah. Um, he broke basically even, and eventually I think they made $16 million when, when, all, when all was said and done. Apparently, um, I was reading that there was a Hulk, joke. There Hulk, was, Hulk said that if it didn't make money, he'd, he'd pay, pay you back. Yeah. And he ma- and then Vince made a joke on in about 97, a few years later, on Monday Night Raw saying uh, the check must still be in the mail. <laughs> um, but this thing, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this thing is terrible. Yeah, to the point where I think there was jokes when uh, Hulk was still wrestling. Where it was like, no holds barred, more like no profit, profit allowed. allowed. Yeah. Ugh. 
Anyway, I'm just going to quickly show this again because you can... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How bad is that? That is terrible. How bad is that? It's already there. It's already there. What happened there was I just showed Morgan the image of Hulk Hogan getting kicked off a car, landing in a Hulk Hogan-shaped clean patch in the dust. Made me laugh so hard. I was like, what is that? There's handprint, handprint, handprint. And chest, chest print. print. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Chuck paper. some more dust on the ground. Yeah. So in, in terms of yeah, looks and tone, there's not a lot of care for, uh, you know, continuity. Um, I don't know. What are we, what, Overall, we... pretty shit. Like, it, it, I, I will say, though, this is a this is a Saturday night movie for the boys. Um, yeah. you, you'd get your laughs out of oh, it. Yeah. Um, you, you're not going to not laugh at it. You, you didn't, I think you'd enjoy yourself. If you like wrestling and you're a bit of a Hulk fan yeah. anyway, you'd probably enjoy it. As far as actually serious goes, it, it's a pretty shit movie. There's not much dialogue. Hulk is a, a, is a wrestler. I think, I still think though, I firmly believe if you hadn't have aimed this at 13 year old boys, you could have done a lot more with it. Oh, yeah. um, you could have made the acting a lot more decent. You could have made the violence a little bit more extreme. Yeah. Um, because you got to remember Hulk's punching to hurt people but not hurt people at the same time in the sense of what when he hits them, the comical value of what happens to them after they're hit yeah. um, is still aimed at the 13-year-old boys. So they go flying back and sprawling. and Yeah. Uh, you could you could have saved this if it wasn't aimed at, at the age bracket yeah. it was, but it wouldn't have. It eventually doubled its money, but lost a lot of money to start off with. It's not, yeah. you know, we're, we're looking many years later to say it made sixteen million. You know, it didn't even make its money back at ticket sales. No. So if you hadn't have aimed it at thirteen year olds, there's no way this thing would have made any money. Even if it was a, a, a more of a decent movie, it just wouldn't have had the target. Absolutely not. It's not trying to be high cinema. It's not trying to be something with deep themes or deep characters or, or even something that's trying to say anything about the human freaking experience or anything. It is a very light on film with a very light on story. It is meant to be an afternoon watch for some teenage boys. Yeah. And that's all it is. And to that degree, sure, it lives up to what it's trying to achieve. But in terms of something worth watching for the wider market, for the people that aren't within that age range at Terrible. that particular time range, because the, the, that age range, what they expect today is different than what they were expecting back then. It's not really built for anyone now. No, I and wouldn't no, say it's worth Well, that's the thing, because it's made for 13-year-old boys then, yeah, and it's made for... Adults at the age of myself and, mm. and, and yourself yeah. who at least knew what Hulk Hogan was in his prime yeah. to watch it now. Women get nothing out of this unless you're a, a massive Hulk fan and even then I don't think you'd like it. No. This is not a movie I don't think any any women would really love. No. Um, like I said, it's for 13-year-old boys at the time and that boys young yeah. enough or old enough at the time, depending on which way you look at it, now to watch it and go, oh, I loved Hulk. Oh, my God, I can't believe Hulk did this movie. Yeah. That's it. That's your target audience right yeah. there. Yeah. And again, the guys nowadays are watching it not because it's good, because, because you're, it's, you're having a it laugh. is what it is. You're laughing at it. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think basically covers what we would say as the uh, recommended view. Yeah, if yeah. you want to laugh on a Saturday night with some boys and some beers, no holds bar will probably get you there. But there's a lot better things like the Greasy Strangler to watch. Before. True. True. It'll we, give you more laughs. Yeah. And we, more cringes and more conversation afterwards, yeah, let me tell which you. Which is, yeah, which we yeah. did recently with Timmy with who hadn't, hadn't watched a film before. You've, yeah, you've never seen a man massage a grapefruit like you've seen in the <laughs> uh, On that mystical, magical note, we're going to break for spoilers. Uh, and beers. And beers, as we always do, as per tradition. tradition. All right, folks. We'll be back in a moment.
Wrestlers. Bad guy in the film started his own non-wrestling fighting ring, basically MMA, octagonal thing. Anyone's willing to fight. If you win, you get $100,000. And you call it Battle of the Tough Guys. Oh, so... Such a... Th- oh, Battle of the Tough Guys. Yeah, so Because you couldn't say thugs or fucking, fucking modern... Coliseum or something. Battle of the Warriors. Battle of anything, but Battle of the Tough Guys. That's how PG-13 this thing is. And that's going for a while. Zeus turns up out of nowhere, clobbers everyone. Big black man with a cock eye. Cool. This dude's getting the ratings. Awesome. Not usually... That's not usually what you hear at the end of Big Black Man and Cock. (laughs) You don't usually hear all at the end. You just hear Big Black Man Cock. No, yes. Um, That that continues for a while. And eventually they're... they're, uh, antagonizing rip for a while bad guy has been trying to get rip to appear on his network throughout the film uh he's tried money he's tried just manipulating it didn't really work cue the scene where rip's brother gets beaten up and finally rip decides <laughs> fuck he, it he can't even call it beaten up man he gets punched twice and is rendered wheelchair bound <laughs> uh <laughs> unable to walk <laughs> unable to walk by two backhands so rip eventually decides fuck it yeah i'm gonna fight this dude he's told guess what we've kidnapped your girlfriend who was formerly one of our spies if you don't go down in the first 10 minutes oh 10 minutes make it look for te- good for 10 minutes and then fall down that's how it's gonna go down she escapes as you would expect because good guy film fight continues he decides to he gets the second win because he sees his brother start to walk. He does the typical Hulk, Hulk thing. Um, like this is this is how Hulk this movie is. Yeah, you know? when Hulk would be in a headlock and he'd be going down, the ref would lift his arm up and he'd fall down. He'd lift his arm up again and it'd drop almost the whole way down. Then he'd raise the arm up and the, and the opposition's like, "Oh my god, what the fuck's happening? This guy was down a second ago." And then boom in the ribs. Yeah, boom, boom in, in the, the ribs. ribs. And yeah, and Hulky decides to stand and starts to kick ass. He comes back for Zeus. And And Zeus has no answers. Zeus has no answers because Hulk is doing full Hulk time. I'm just emptying a keyboard of beer, folks. Anyway, so Hulk does the full Hulk thing. They take the fight outside the ring. Eventually, Zeus goes down hard. Uh, All the while, our big bad guy, played by Fuller, uh, is tearing out various electronics from his to to stop his to basically stop people from seeing Zeus lose and yeah lose, yeah the, lose he, the show he's tearing out the pipes of the wall he's like no 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 people can't see my hero losing because he's my money maker uh, stops the broadcast stops this stops that Rip starts to decide I'm gonna fucking tear you a new one and bad guy grabs some wires for whatever reason and electrocutes himself to death good guys go off into a montage. Brel electrocutes himself. Now, I don't care how much Rip hated Brel. Like, he, he then smiles and mm. then it goes about like, the guy's just died. Uh, As if like, you don't call ambulance. He's just killed himself. Or, oh, holy shit. shit. No, he's like, I just watched a man die. Job done. Yeah, he's like, ha ha, you got your comeuppance. No. No, you'd probably walk across and be like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Call the ambulance! One, two, three, four. As if, yeah, like it, it's it's also completely out of character. character yeah. Like it would have been he's a the good more, guy. Yeah, it would have been a more if he true to him. this film. Like he, yeah, brings him back. But what happened is like you died, man. It's like you saved me. It's like, well, yeah, I'm Rip. I get it now. Yeah, and that would be more. True it would have kept film. with more of what the film was yeah, doing. It, it would keep truer to the film, but no, it was just like, nope. 
bad guy dies, everyone cool. high fives. Let's go home. Oh, my wheelchair bound brother after two slaps is now walking again. Everything is right in the world. Let's all smile and freeze frame. Cue credits. Oh boy. Oh boy. Light on. Yeah, not narratively rich, not cinematographically rich, rich only in Hulk Hogan. Rich and in that, stash. Yeah. Rich in blonde stash. <laughs> yeah, it's not a not a great film. And that's the end of the episode, I yes. guess. Yeah. Uh, I will be editing in Mike's, Mike's. thoughts. Which I I imagine I would, hope he hates his movie as much as we hated it. Oh my! I hope he doesn't because that would make the episode so good. It's us. Like, no, I really loved it. It's like no, God, why, Mike? It's it's the best piece of cinema. I can't imagine why it didn't win an Academy Award for Best Picture in 1989. Anyway, uh, that was the M4 project. Uh, next week's pick is a my pick. Well, obviously, either Mike wasn't available or Wordsworth didn't see fit to give us the recording of what he said. So, uh, no interstitials from Mike there, and no additives from Mike anyway. And the pick for next week is The Party, a Peter Sellers classic. Ta-ta.